Today, we discover chakra healing as a pathway to awaken our spiritual energies and heal our emotional wounds. Hi, I'm Cheryl Sitz, right here with Mario Rosales running production beside me. We welcome you to Exploring Possibilities, a journey to remember who you are. Every podcast since 2012 is housed on our website at journeyofpossibilities.com, and new shows come out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, other popular podcast platforms, and youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz. Do you learn and grow through the information and connections you make on our show? If so, would you show us a little love at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support? That way we can keep bringing you these fabulous shows free of charge. Every little bit helps, and we thank you so much. Joining us in a moment, Glenn Park. Hi, I'm Mario Rosales. I am the producer of Exploring Possibilities. I actually do IT work. I do website design. I do uh, remote support. You know, one of the things that I've been having recently, I've been working with people that are on Wix. And at the beginning, even I had the idea that Wix wasn't that powerful. But as I started working with it, I found out that there is so much more in there that we are not taking advantage of. We're not taking advantage of its database functionality. We're not taking advantage of their autoresponders. And a lot of this comes included for free in some of their packages. I've learned the system very well to the point that I can train you on how to do it. Or if you ask me to do some complicated task, I can design it for you within Wix. Then after I'm done, I give you the training on how to use it. And then if you have any troubles, you can always call me. Thank you. I am Mario Rosales, and you can reach me at MarioRosales.com. Let me help you out wherever I can. Thanks. Glenn Park has taught workshops in the Alexander Technique and Chakra Healing Therapy for over 30 years in Europe, the U.S., Australia, and Japan. Found online at glennpark.uk. She has also presented at conferences for the Alexander Technique International and the Society of Teachers of the Alexander Technique. She has written The Art of Changing, as well as the book we're here to discuss today, Chakra Healing Therapy. You'll find an affiliate link to purchase this incredible book within the podcast description here, and a small contribution comes back to our show. This book is like a handbook, textbook for learning about and working with the chakras, and I'm excited to dive right in. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you very much for that introduction. Well, I'm so glad that you're with us, and I do a lot of energy work myself, and we have a lot of people that listen to this show that are familiar with chakras, some just discovering them because, you know, it's not part of our medical practice over here to understand that chakras are doing anything with our physical bodies. So I'm excited to help bring this message to people. And you have written the Bible on them. My goodness. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You've been at this a while, though. 30 years ago, I was reading in the front part... 30 years ago, you didn't really know about all of this either. And I understand in the States here, you went for a reading, a psychic reading for some reason, and you weren't even familiar with that, were you? That's right. I, I was very, I, I, before I um, trained as an Alexander Technique teacher, I was working in the Fringe Theatre in the, in the United Kingdom. And um, I decided I needed to leave because I was suffering from burnout. And I was lucky enough to get an Arts Council grant to explore women's theatre in the States and came over for four months. And it was at the end of that journey of travelling around the States that 
the friend that I was staying with said, you must try having a psychic reading. It was, a, it was the beginning of the New Age movement, really, and you were far ahead of us in the United States. So I sort of shrugged and said, oh, all right then. <laughs> and uh, with the way I presented myself to the uh, clairvoyant that I saw, it was obvious that I was a bit sceptical and innocent about it all. And then she told me that uh, she was quite surprised when she tuned in because I was extremely psychic and I was picking up a lot of negative energy because I didn't know how to look after myself psychically, which sort of explained the burnout. Right. So at the time, I I didn't um, wasn't sure. You know, I took it all with a pinch of salt. But then I came back to England and started training as an Alexander Technique teacher, and the training really opened me up psychically much much strongly more strongly. And I realised I needed to do something because I was getting good and bad experiences, seeing auras and and well lots of things. And so I started training. And then I visited the States again and contacted this clairvoyant. She put me in touch with her teacher. And I had this intensive week of training with him, which set me off on the path of understanding the chakras in a really deep way. He was a brilliant teacher. And he did say, actually, I've not, you know, I've not told anybody this. He did say <laughs> that at the end of the week with me, he said, you're going to do something quite important with the chakras. And I think he probably meant this book 30 years later. Yes, I love <laughs> this book. Thank you for sharing that delightful story. Isn't it funny how fate, our fate finds us, if you want to call it fate or destiny? We're so afraid. So I work with so many people that are afraid they're going to miss it or they've already missed it. And I've felt that mm. way myself. And as you say, I mean, we just, at the right time, we meet the right person and things start to open up. It was extraordinary the way that happened. Yes. Well, I just, I don't even know where to jump into this book. Like I said, I'm a Reiki practitioner. I've studied pranic healing. I've worked with lots of different kinds of practitioners and blended some of their different modalities in with my own. But this book is so comprehensive and approaches each chakra at many different levels, which is really helpful, talking about the flow of energy, talking about... Uh, you allude to the different schools in here that have, have worked on the chakras. There's just a lot in here. I guess one of the first things that I became aware of that stood out for me from all the different things that I've done with them is you talk about the right order of working with them as being from the bottom up, regardless if someone has a challenge in an area, it's always from the bottom up. Do you want to explain that? Yes, um, yes, I do. It, it's um, the base. The base chakra. I mean, one of the important. Well, the things I think is important about what I've talked about in in this book, read, written about, is that the chakras are like a developmental model. So, the base chakra is our most basic, primitive consciousness. It's our instinctual animal. I call it our inner animal. And it's what allows us to be grounded, connected to the earth energy. And if we do too much work on the upper chakras without making sure that that grounding connection is there, uh, people can actually end up having really quite difficult experiences, really bad headache, for example, or feeling uh, very out of their body. 
So I always start with the base chakra and then the lower chakras really together, the the base, the sacral chakra and the solar plexus chakra make up the ego, the, the separate self. And then we start to expand out with the heart chakra and upwards. Um, and we have to heal the wounds, really. We have to do the healing and get, I mean, we might not be totally healed, but at least get the flow moving through those lower chakras before we can awaken the spiritual energies of the heart chakra and the upper chakras. So that's why I start at the base. And of, of course, that's the direction that Kundalini takes. If we take, you know, the story of the goddess Shakti as Kundalini in the base chakra, longing to join with the god Shiva of formless awareness in the crown chakra. So that journey is from the base to the crown for lots of different reasons. Yes, ma'am. That makes perfect sense. I knew you'd word it a lot better than I would if I kept trying to fumble through that question. <laughs> oh, Thank that's you. nice. You... I, I, I did actually work with... Um, I, I do it as an example of in one of my case studies with this lovely man who was a healer and a spiritual teacher within a particular tradition. And we met at the spiritual community that we were both part of, although he was he was from Australia, actually. But um, he, he, he was working from the top down in his work. And then when I started working with him, I said, you're not, you're not working with the upward flow. And it, it really turned things around for him. It was, he was so pleased to, to, both flows are really important, but it's, it's so important to start with the upward flow and get grounded. Well, and as you spoke to already, the healing that must take place to clear that energy flow, clear for the flow of energy. And Mm. I would say that collectively, we really are on earth. Mankind, for the most part, is is trying to get past the root chakra and, and, and sacred, right? We're still kind of in those first two and three chakra. We're really working through dredging up a lot of that stuff right now on earth and trying to clear as much as we can to ascend, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. And and um, I think that because things are getting difficult, we're, we're going backwards to our sacral chakra and our root chakra rather than uh, actually trying to develop. Because I think the way out of our problems is to develop the heart chakra. Yes. And, and yet, because it's so frightening, we actually revert to, to the more uh, primitive chakras. Why do you think it's so frightening? Is it the unhealed wounds or is it just the new, the, the unknown? Yes. Well, because we're, there's a, there's an, it, the, I, the base chakra deals with survival issues. It, it's a, it's our instinctual animal and we're meeting survival issues at the moment. We're meeting these huge problems, the pandemics one, the, the climate crisis, the ecological crisis. And so Although the way to heal them is to expand our global awareness, the heart chakras are very global consciousness. Um, the, the the small self just wants to go back and protect the small self. It doesn't know that the answer to the problems is to actually get bigger, to get in 
contact and open up the heart chakra and solve these problems at a much bigger global level. Oh, that was a perfect quote. It doesn't know that the answer is to actually get bigger. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I want to move up a chakra now because... I have had so much work in, with my sacral chakra. That that seems to be, I was just marveling with Mario the other day. All of my health challenges have been pelvic challenges. And I'm 55, you know, it's, 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 it's all in our medical history. If we want to know what chakra we took on in this lifetime, yes, yes. look at your medical record. So I've been doing a lot with that over the last, especially over the last decade to bring healing and what came to me in your book that was brand new is when all the rest of the world is saying your digestion is your solar plexus, you're saying your digestion is your sacral chakra. And my digestion is included in those health challenges, medical record, pelvic region. Right. So it's so mm. beautiful to have, I feel validated, like somebody finally sees me and says, yes, that's the way it works. Will you explain why your explanation of the chakra for, for digestion is different? Yes, I, I, actually, there's, there's something very interesting historically about this. Because the chakras were introduced to the West by theosophists, um, uh, you know, people like Alice Bailey and um, Leadbeater was wrote one of the first books about the chakras, and in these very early theosophical uh, books, they didn't go anywhere near the sacral chakra <laughs> because they thought it was all about sex. sex. They were. T- this is these are Victorians, yes, and they were terrified of the sacral chakra. So they, and and I actually experienced this when I trained in this country with the Spiritualist Association, which came from the Theosophical Society. I I found that they told me that we first start with the base chakra, and then you move up to the left side of the body to the spleen chakra. The spleen. <laughs> The spleen chakra, and then you go to the solar plexus chakra. And in this book that I, I do have an original copy of the Lead Beater book, there's a footnote, and it says um, that there is this central chakra, this sacral chakra, but it's very, very dangerous to get that working. <laughs> and that's because they thought that the chakra was all about sex and it was dangerous to be getting more any more sexual energy than we've already got but it was so repressed in those days oh my goodness and I have to say about that as somebody that's been through that road that's exactly why it took me so long to heal the sexual trauma that I experienced as a child because we don't talk about the sex or the sex you know I, I think that's what's caused this this mess yes yeah. So bless you. Keep keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. Please share. No, no. But the, I mean, this wonderful teacher. The, I, the, I was corrected about this because I'd been taught this funny bypassing of the sexual chakra. I I was corrected by the teacher that I worked with just for this intensive week in California, and um, he he said this is the pleasure center. Yes, sex is one of our pleasures. But it's it's about all our pleasures, and hence it's it's that childhood desire to be happy and have pleasure, and to feel loved, and 
to want intimacy. Now, those are all things that are to do with sex, but they're all uh, as adults, but they're all things to do with childhood too. We want all these these happy, pleasant and sensual experiences, which is very much the second chakra. As adults, we we might start to reduce those pleasures more to sex, but it isn't just a sexual chakra. Right. And I think as you mentioned in that section, if we didn't have that appropriate touch and pleasure with from our parents or whatever in when a, we were forming in that a safe, idea. Yes, yes, in a safe way as well, yes. Yes. So it's another way that that can then get misaligned and go into new directions. So And food, of course. I love the way you distinguished about food because that is a big pleasure here. I, I, just, I just have to drive by any restaurant when we're claiming that we're broke in this economy and see the parking lots cram-packed to know yes. <laughs> all the money's yeah. being spent at sex shops and restaurants. So you know what? we do like pleasure <laughs> yes and and actually if you've if you've been wounded badly wounded in this sacral chakra one of the ways that that's expressed is through addiction mm-hmm. so you know the only thing I'm going to get any pleasure is through alcohol or through drugs or through food or through sex you know that addiction is is linked to the woundedness potentially in this chakra there are other ways it's expressed but yes it's it's our need to be able to experience pleasure in all those many different ways and not think and and it can be the only way I can avoid pain is to is to have alcohol or drugs or whatever yeah so it's a it's a terribly important chakra to heal and the way that you describe it and explain how it can be detected as being a a chakra that could benefit from some extra attention and some healing and balancing. I'm a poster child for all those things. If, if anybody knows my past, I've done all of that. I was just screaming for help in that area. But mm. because we don't even identify that in the U.S. as sacral chakra, it wasn't going to happen for me that way. And it, it's just so interesting. So I love your book, and I'm glad that it's available everywhere. Let's move on to the solar plexus. What what stands out about the solar plexus in your book? Well, this is the, the, the where you could say that the um, base chakra is instinctual and the sacral chakra is very emotional. And then the third chakra is where we become more mental in terms of building our ego, our separate self, uh, there's, it's dominant in teen in teenage years. It's it starts to compete for dominance with the sacral chakra during adolescence, and during adolescence there are huge changes that happen in the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the thinking part of us. It's the, it's the part that is our executive functions. It's it's planning and so on and this chakras about approaching the the world more mentally as as the young adult the teenagers and the 20 odd year old the the are looking at what kind of a life they're going to have what kind of a career what do they want to do and it's a much more complex way of approaching life than just wanting nice experiences it's where you operate with delayed gratification rather than instant gratification of the child you you look for passing exams or learning skills that will give you the kind of work that you want to do so that one of the main needs of this chakra is self-esteem needs 
uh, do you, do you, are you aware, uh, well aware of uh, Maslow's triangle? And most people have seen Maslow's triangle. Yes, where yes. it shows the hierarchy. It's based on the hierarchy of needs. Right. And he says he says the first needs are physical. We need to have air, water, food, warmth, and also we need security, safety, and stability. So these are very base chakra, and then the. The second, the next needs he has are social. We need love. We need to feel loved. We need to have intimacy. We need to feel we belong to our family. And then in the third chakra, the needs are for self-esteem. We need to have confidence and self-esteem that we're making the right choices and we feel good about ourselves. And it's where we also create our inner judges. So the third chakra can have a very judgmental inner critic if we're not careful. And so a lot of the work I do with this chakra is about building a strong inner champion that that helps us to uh, become confident and feel good about ourselves. So if we had a judgmental parents or judgmental upbringing and we continue to hear that echoed throughout and that can that can suppress that. You you develop a very strong inner critic if that's what you're being condition to build yes definitely and that shows up in the in the solar this is the solar plexus chakra i mean just if you just think about situations where somebody might have been very critical of you or uh, uh, unkind in some way we often feel that in this solar plexus area some people get very tight here some people completely collapse Mm -hmm. other people build this kind of protective bubble around their solar plexus and get very defensive it's it's the area where we we defend our ego when things go wrong when things go right we can burst with pride in this area and feel really good about ourselves but it's yes it's it's where we need to feel self-esteem and confidence. One of my favorite images in your book, and when you start going from this chakra forward, you connect the lower chakra with a correlating upper chakra and talk about how kind of that that evolution takes place. And that starts with the base connecting to the heart or the sacral connecting to the, the throat. It, it's yeah. really interesting to me. I like how you described that. Would you kind of share a little bit of that with us here? Yes. Um, if I quickly go, th- I mean, the heart chakra is where we expand our boundaries and, and we where we have much deeper feelings of, of um, love, appreciation of beauty, gratitude, feeling very connected to nature. These are heart chakra emotions. And the heart chakra actually opens the door to a more expanded experience of life. We've been we've had to build this separate self from separating at birth from the mother. Mm-hmm. And so the base chakra is the entry point into this separate self, this physical and psychological self that we build through the first three chakras. And then the heart chakra is where we enter the more spiritual self, where we open to a new potential of of a more expanded vision of of the world. The sacral chakra is um, where we 
are spontaneous. The child is spontaneous, pleasure-loving. And then the throat chakra, which is a higher level of the uh, second chakra, is where we are a creative communicator, where we really hone that creativity and find a really... you know, really rich way of expressing ourselves, whether it's people with strong throat chakras might be speakers or performers, actors, musicians, dancers, where we are expressing through our whole self our truth at at a higher level than the simple, spontaneous expression of the child. And then the third chakra, as I said, it's a very mental chakra, but it's focused on the self. It's, you know, what kind of a person am I being? Am I, I want to do this, this and this in order to create the life I want. It's where we write the jobs list for the day. We sort of say, these are the things I need to do now. But the eye chakra is our creative thinker, where we're thinking about our vision of the world, our our understanding of the world. Um, and so that, and then the crown chakra is where we enter a, another realm we've entered a new realm with the heart chakra and then we enter the final potential realm of enlightenment with the crown chakra so that's how they link that's wonderful levels that's really helpful to me to see so i'm curious then how just i like a little bit of practical application in the conversation helps us understand and i have a curiosity question for you so my sacral chakra is where most of my trauma occurred but my yes. throat chakra has been my path. I, I'm, I'm a professional broadcaster. I'm a public speaker. I'm working on a book. I, I write a lot. So would that normally be the case with someone that a chakra that they have had possibly a lot of trauma with, that correlating chakra is, is overexpressed or more expressed? Well, I, I would say, no, I would say that if it's possible to to have um, the, all the chakras open during childhood, it's possible that the upper chakras can function without the heart chakra going into that opening space. And then in that case, the throat chakra would express the woundedness of the sacral chakra. So you would you would speak as the, the wounded child would come through your voice but it sounds as though you've done a lot of healing of that sacral chakra and you've also opened your heart chakra. And if you open the heart chakra, you get to another level with the throat chakra. You get to the spiritual level. So the, the throat chakra, the Sanskrit word for the so the fishudu is the name of the throat chakra and it means purified. And what happens is if the heart opens and you get this connection, this is where we have spiritual feelings. Um, You know, there's a spirituality of the heart and then there's something that's beyond that that I call divine when you get to the crown. If the heart opens, then the, the journey from the heart to the throat chakra is one of purification. And the and the throat then becomes the place where you let go of the false self that you've created in childhood to adapt to your situation. You you heal that and you let go of it and you your voice becomes your true self. 
you find the true voice, the true self. And that's uh, the journey is exactly similar in the Judeo-Christian Kabbalah system where they have a tree of life. They have a journey from the heart to the throat that is called purification. It's quite interesting. So it can be the dark night of the soul, that journey from the heart to the throat. It can be where all the demons come up to be healed. It can be quite easy and straightforward, and that depends on the woundedness. But if you say that the voice is your main, you know, one of your most prominent chakras, it means you've done the work of healing. You've done the essential work. With healing, it's not as though problems completely go away. It's that we learn to love and accept those parts of ourselves and be kind and gentle to ourselves about them, I think. I, I think that's the, the major definition of healing. That's a great I mean, definition. I, I lost my father when I was seven years old, and I'm, I'm always going to wish that I had a father figure. You know, it's always going to be there. The, the mm -hmm. healing is in being kind to myself and aware and knowing that that longing is always going to be there. Do you see what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And the reason I offered my my story for an example for us to flesh mm. out is because I know that I'm not the only one. I know I'm one of many, 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 many women that are now saying it's okay for me to recognize that I had trauma too. I had sexual mm. trauma. This has been, I think, the age of women speaking up about sexual trauma, especially in the, yes. in the recent yes. years. So as we do that and we we move through the, the painful experiences of healing, it because it it does hurt to heal but you can either stay in the hurt or you can actually do the constructive painful healing route you know it and mm. and that's mm. I've been through a lot of that but I know a lot of women are going through that and I hope mm. if they hear this they can hear and recognize that as we move through that all these shifts happen going upward through the into the higher chakras I know my mm. psychic gifts are open a lot more than they ever were either and i think that as i continue to clear those channels that will be the case that's a, that yes that, that happens the psychic development happens with the healing and the deepening of the connections with the chakras yeah. how is how is chakra healing therapy different from say reiki which we we are learning probably more about in the us than than this modality how is it different i I have had some lovely Reiki treatments, but I don't know enough about Reiki to answer that question. I was just curious as a Reiki practitioner if this is this Alexander technique is different than Reiki. Alexander technique is 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 not is very different from chakra healing therapy. Oh, okay. So the Alexander technique is a very practical technique for helping people to learn how to use their bodies in a way that keeps them healthy, learn to move in. So the musicians who are playing a musical instrument often learn the Alexander Technique. Actors often learn the Alexander Technique. Also, people who've got backache or neckache come to get Alexander lessons and learn to walk in a way that's and sit and stand and do simple movements in a way that helps them not to get in trouble with their bodies. So it's a very practical therapy. The reason I got into working with the chakras is because in my Alexander Technique teaching, I would find that, that what we do as Alexander teachers 
is we we teach these basic principles of movement, but we also work very gently with our hands to release the muscles and get the muscles to expand in the directions they need to go. And sometimes when you're doing this releasing work with your hands, an emotional memory will surface. I can I can give you an example of this. Please. I had a, I had a lovely man come to me for Alexander lessons, and he had. The, the lumbar vertebrae of his spine were all kind of not fused together, but but pushed together. So he hadn't actually developed properly and he was very short in stature and he had these compressed vertebrae in the lumbar spine um, that caused him quite a lot of discomfort. So we worked with all the principles of the Alexander Technique about how to lengthen his spine, how to think about moving in a way that would help. And at one point, I was working on this lumbar spine, and he had this memory surface. And he said, oh, goodness, when I was a child, I fell off a slide in a playground. You know what I mean by a slide? Yes. In a, yes. And he, he said I was with. I said he said I was really hurt and upset. And I was with my grandfather, and he told me to stop crying and climb back up the slide and go down it again. That was the solution to him falling off. Mm. So this poor little boy climbed up the slide and slid down again and repressed all his pain and all his emotional upset for falling off the slide, and. He said, I am convinced that that's what's caused the vertebra to be in this awful state and for me not to have developed properly. And I said, in that case, I think we need to work at the chakra level as well. And working at both levels, working at that child that had been traumatized and working with the vertebrae as well, he got out of discomfort. So the 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 Alexander te Technique led me into solving things emotionally. It didn't work psychologically, and the chakras did. So I, I developed the chakra work to deal with when psychological issues came up in the Alexander work. And then I began to separate the two. Some people came for the chakra work. Some people, I could work with them either separately or together. And I can see the power of together because Mario and I encounter that all the time too when we're when we're talking to people who are who are newly discovering some of their things that they might be carrying in their body or carrying emotionally. Yeah. One leads to the other. When I find an, an emotional trauma, then I figure out I've got something that I'm carrying in my body about it, or yeah. vice versa. I've got Ooh. this pain uh -huh. and oh wow, now this emotional trauma is coming in. So you it really is nice to have those blending of techniques to be able to help people either or or both ideally yes yes well thank you for clarifying that i wasn't understanding well before i thought the alexander technique was a type of chakra therapy so now i understand no not at all <laughs> it's it's completely different okay. yes they don't i i I'm, i do train alexander teachers to work as chakra therapists but uh, the techniques are quite different that's fabulous. This is such a good book. I cannot tell people enough. Just go online and look at it and browse through. If you wanted to learn more about the chakras or the, just there's case studies that are examples in here, there's diagrams, there's how the spiritual and the physical come together. There's, I can't even, I mean, there's just a lot in here. I read it cover to cover. I'm still digesting half of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and probably will be for the rest of my life. But thank you, Glenn Park, for such a fabulous book. Thank you very much. That's lovely. You've done a lot of work, 30 years worth of, of research and practical application all poured into a book. I'm in awe of, of you. Well done. I would like to ask you, since we're wrapping up here, do you have a parting thought that you'd like to leave us with concerning the chakras and what's going on in the world today? Uh, I think um, I think that the heart chakra is the solution to the world's problems. And a lot of people are meditating and wondering if they'll ever experience this non-dual consciousness. Well, it's wonderful if that can happen. But I think actually, if you just develop the heart chakra, you are getting to the spiritual level of yourself. You're opening up the spiritual level of the, the throat chakra and the eye chakra. And it's in those areas that we're going to solve the world's problems. So I, people who are feeling, oh, I'm not very clever because I can't get up into the enlightened states, I don't think it's what's most important for the human race at this point of our evolution. I think, you know, hundreds of years down the line it might be, but what we have to do at the moment is learn to grow our heart chakras and, and learn to love ourselves. A lovely... Um, exercise I do, a very simple exercise, a kind of meditation, is that you breathe in the love of the universe. The universal love is everywhere and you breathe it into yourself. You give love to yourself on that in-breath and then on your out-breath you give love to the world. You send love and healing to the world and then on the in-breath you give love and healing to yourself and in that way the heart chakra makes creates healing, not just personally, but we can heal the world that way. That's beautiful. And it's exactly where we start. We stop being about our little self and start being about something bigger. And you are so yeah. right. That's what the world needs for us to start being about something more than little me and what little me might want. <laughs> yes. I mean, we need to love little me yes. and we need to bigger than that as well. Yeah. Exactly. It's about a big it's about a bigger I. It's about where I becomes we and and yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. When I say little me, I mean of yeah. course loving that inner child, but if we stay stuck in what about poor little me and and little me wants what little me wants. I mean, we're we're if we're in that rebellious small child, we're not going to be able to to get where we are wanting to be as a global That's society. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other word for the heart chakra is the witness. And the witness can can witness that small child, that rebellious child, but not identify with it. Yes. It can be a compassionate witness of the rebellious child. I love that. What a pleasure visiting with you. This time is just flying by. I could stay with you all day. I, oh, that's lovely. I really appreciate this. And I would be excited to know if you all have considered like putting meditations or anything up to go with some of these, or if you have <laughs> any of that on your website. Yes, definitely. I, I, ha I have two very good technical sons. And I, <laughs> I do actually have, I do have a few t Alexander um, talk throughs on Audible. 
you know, that I've got on Audible. Does Audible mean anything to you? Yes, or is that yes, you? we have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. And and I did sort of say to my sons recently, I really do need to do some chakra meditations. Can you please help me put them on Audible? And um, so at some point, they're always so busy, but at some point we're going to get that together. Well, I will so be I'm watching for So I'm hoping to those. do three or four guided visualizations on the chakras. Lovely. You have the voice for it. I'll enjoy doing those with you. So I look oh, forward to seeing you. those. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you. Maybe I'll, that's really encouraged me to get on with that, actually. Well, good. Um, mm, lovely. All right. We've been visiting with Glenn Park on Chakra Healing Therapy. Thank you so much, Glenn, again, for your time and energy and for putting this book into the world. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your program. It has been a pleasure. And thank you, listener, for joining us. Please let us know what you thought at journeyofpossibilities.com. We always welcome your input. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.